Hey there, Mando fans. It's me, Josh, head of the Twist of My Arm Network. And me, Jesse, frozen in carbonite and dragged along for the ride. And thanks for checking out Questing. You're going to hear us ask you to call in and contribute to the show, but unfortunately, it's already over. So don't do it. We recorded this show live, but now it's just a regular old podcast. That's right. The Mando is in the can. But if you want to be part of our next show, you can start doing that right now. Starting in January, we're going to be watching Firefly every Friday night, and you can join us live. Follow Twist My Arm on Facebook to be notified when we go live. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 508-93-TWIST about your favorite Firefly episode, and we'll play it when we get there. The Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch launches on Friday, January 15th, and you can find it wherever you're already listening to Questly. Speaking of, here's Questly. show we have different music playing this time i don't know if you recognize it but it's pretty epic welcome to the movement podcast where we talk about movies video games music and tv this week we specifically talk about the mandalorian and the latest episode of the mandalorian this week joining me i have my co-host his name is jesse what's up josh how you doing this week i'm great how are you doing my friend ah feeling like uh i'm a believer that's how i feel (laughs) i love this track by the way i don't know i don't know why i feel that way i just do (laughs) and we also have special guests he just joined us this might be a little weird with the microphone, but we're about to find out. His name is Ricky. Hey. Hey. Of course. It's great that everything is working because we didn't get to test before you got in the show. So, yeah. <laughs> How are you doing today, Ricky? I'm doing Good, good, good. Man, I just, I love that track so much. It really puts me in the mood to make a podcast about the Mandalorian. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, so like I said, we are the Movement Podcast where we talk about movies, video games, music, and TV. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, Just search Twist My Arm because we are part of the Twist My Arm network. So you can find us on twistmyarmpodcast.com as well. So let's get right into this thing, shall we? What did you guys think of this week's episode? Well, if I may immediately interrupt you again. Uh, yes, let's please. Do a quick recap. <laughs> Every <laughs> time, I know. I'm sorry. And, and <laughs> you're you're the best at these at these recaps. So yes, it's, please. Well, Ooh, very quick recaps. I I appreciate that, and I agree. Um, so this week, uh, the Mandalorian and his party, uh, they finally it. it just really quickly, they're going moment to moment. There's no more like 
here's what happened five days ago. It's like, this is the next scene. Okay, so just stick with us here. They're going to bust Bill Burr's character Mayfield out of a rebel prison, well, or, or I guess a Republic prison at this point, right? So mm. that he can help them get access to Imperial codes so that they can track down Mokidian's ship and find out where Grogu is. Basically what they do is they bust him out, they take him to this explosives mining facility, which like, how many buildings is the Empire going to build that are designed to die? Anyways, they go there, that, they do That's the something thing, that I can, I can old... answer. Yeah, he, he, they go in there, they run into his old XO, and uh, it's, it doesn't go well. And uh, basically, they explode this giant Imperial base. They let Mayfield go, and he gives them the instructions to go find Grogu, at which point the Mandalorian decides, you know what would really, really shine on Moff Gideon? Is if I sent him one of those FaceTimes that he sent me when he was trying to get a hold of the child. It was oh going to be so deliciously ironic. So Mando gets his delicious moment, and we are left with one episode left in this entire season. Josh, I think that thing that I said might happen might happen where they go, if you want to find out how this story ends, you're going to have to watch season three in 2022. <sighs> you know, no, it's, uh, it it's a it comes out in December 2021. Yeah. It's coming out in December. So it is very close to 2022, but I think <laughs> so, that's because, you know, there's a lot of, of stuff of in this episode things, that. So one of the three of us has called was going to happen over the last several episodes. Like everything happened mm-hmm. in this episode, basically. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. that we've got that out of the way, what did you guys think of the episode? I'll let you talk for a minute. Yeah. And anyone that's just joining us, there are spoilers of this as well. So this, this whole thing is spoiled. So if you're watching or listening and you haven't seen the episode, well, now you know exactly what happens in the episode and also spoilers. <laughs> it's a new record we're like four minutes in and we've ruined the entire show (laughs) thank you guys for joining us this has been mando friday on the movement podcast we'll see you next week (laughs) yeah no uh i i I, let's you know ricky why don't you tell us what you thought about this week's episode first it wasn't as good as we've been getting lately in my opinion i felt you know, maybe it was that moment-to-moment thing that was so different that threw me off, but I felt a little bit bored. I felt like they could have trimmed a couple of the scenes down and given us a few more scenes with a little bit better exposition. I felt like we spent a long time uh, on top of that weird caterpillar carriage thing. Uh, we spent a long time in a lot of the scenes, and if they had trimmed that down, maybe we could have gotten a little bit more out of this 42 minutes. Yeah, it was longer than I was expecting it to be. Like every time I would pause to write a note down to myself, I would be like, oh, there's still 27 minutes left or there's still 18 minutes left. Or, you know, I, I pause it way more frequently than that, but you get the idea. Um, yeah. And I, I, yep, I think the episode I, was 38 minutes, by the way. 38. It felt like 46. I'll be honest with you. Um, I now, did it feel did it feel longer because it wasn't? Pacing, why did it, was it feel pacing? It was the pacing was okay. different, and I'm I agree yes. with Ricky that the pacing was slower. Um, I don't know if I feel the same way about the way it was executed, but I know I do agree that it was a slower paced episode. Um, it was one of those like, 
at some point it had to the pace of this show had to slow down for like a, a second right like at some point we had to take a breath i did find it a little strange that they would go to so much length to show like hey you know both groups of people are two sides of the same coin it's all about you know it, it's all about people it's not necessarily about like the actual empire and the actual rebellion like how do those things affect people's lives and like I'm I'm really glad as a Star Trek fan to see that in Star Wars. I think that's really cool. Um, that's actually a Dave Filoni thing. Dave Filoni has always done that in his like cartoons and stuff. He must where have been raised more about Star Trek. <laughs> more about the people and stuff. Um, I just it's one of those things where I'm like I'm I'm really appreciative to see that, and I'm really glad it's finally in Star Wars. Why is it at this point in an eight episode season? Like, <laughs> just, like right before we go to the huge bad guy versus good guy fight they're like yeah but what's good and what's bad you're like well what's good is to go get grogu back and kill the guy that took him i don't care what you're like what kind of morality they're trying to make me question here's here's my thing we'll come back to this okay we'll come back to this whole thing but like i just it's one of those i, I enjoyed that they took the time to do it and i think they actually did a really good job i'm not going to say that bill burr is like some great actor now but i was impressed with what he did with what he had in some of his scenes in the rest of his scenes like kind of until they started you know rolling into the base and he was like there was a sense of danger or something until then i was like man this burr character kind of sucks like he's he's overly quippy to the point of like cliche and i'm just bored with him and he has no he's talking in a very monotone voice like this hey mando what's up i'm i'm just dejected now because i'm a trash prisoner I don't buy that the character would really be that way. Um, and then he did get mouthier as it went along, right? The, the Bill Burr came out in him. So I, it, it was weird. Like some of the scenes, I think he was, I don't know, maybe bored on set. And then the rest of the scenes, he, he did really well. Um, I'm struggling me, because because go ahead. I, I disagree with most everything that you guys are saying. But do I you want to know that... why? You disagree with that stuff because it's probably like accurate like you hate you loved the last jedi when you walked out of it and then you watched it a bunch of times and you hated it your least favorite episode in the last season was the bill burr episode and now you're right, like it was we're it all was. like okay yeah we see what you mean because the la that episode we're like no well, that was a fun episode and you're like well this episode he's great and we're like no this episode doesn't belong at 0.7 of an eight episode season we don't need Gilbert's character development and like another imperial base exploding on the way to exploding an imperial but base. I think, giving I, us think a bunch Bill, of character development. I think Bill Burr had so much more exposition or whatever than you guys are thinking because just, I don't know, as like, you know, you know me, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I'm in a goddamn Chewbacca outfit right now. So, like, you're in a onesie. It's not an outfit. <laughs> you're right. It's a onesie. But, I just, I think the way that he basically got Mando to take off his helmet, he he was the one to give him that that pep talk that was like, "Why are you doing this? Is it to hide your face, or is it because you need to hold your helmet on?" And that like already Mando has been questioning that whole thing this whole this this whole season is like, "Why do I have my helmet right. on when all these other Mandalorians aren't?" And so that kind of set him over the edge to the point of like, you know, he also. He also really, really drove home the desperate times call for desperate measures aspect um, because yeah, of I just, 
just just because of the way that he you know he explained to him like you'll you'll do whatever it takes basically and the mandalorian was like yeah absolutely i will do whatever it takes well and i don't want you to misunderstand like i'm not I, I actually really liked this episode. I, I have mostly positive things to say about it. It's just that that was kind of one of the the slower spots for me. And I just, I, I think, I think Bill Burr kind of got more into his, because I love Bill Burr as a comedian. God, my chair is all fucked up, but I love Bill Burr as a comedian, right? And right. F is for Family is one of the best Netflix shows that has graced our presence. Like, Bill Burr is, seen. he's great. And, the the reason I didn't like the prisoner episode, which, by the way, um, the director of this episode, uh, Rick Famuia, also directed the prisoner episode with Bill Burr. Um, so there's a little bit of a connection there. But continuity. I think Bill Burr just wasn't. I think in that episode he wasn't necessarily as gung ho about what was happening. Whereas this I one, I hundred percent opposite. This one, he had a little bit more story, not not necessarily story, but like heartfelt things to go through. He did. But in the first one, you could see on his face that he was like, I'm a kid from Boston in a freaking Star Wars movie. Like, <laughs> he was having the time of his life. He, he hated Star Wars. He never knew what Star Wars was before he went into Mandalorian. He had never seen a Star Wars before. He didn't. Star Wars he didn't. He knew he didn't, what it was. He didn't care that much, though. He didn't care at all about Star right. Wars. And then he comes into it, and now, like, I think but even this so, episode like, shows how much I, he's, like, grown to like Star I, Wars. No, I feel like this is how much <laughs> he's grown to like money from Disney. He, When he was in the first one, you could sure, tell he was having fun. It Disney. was a new thing that he was doing. It was like, you know, I've never done this before. This is fun. I don't have basically any restrictions on what I can do. Like, I just, it's... I still, I I mean, I I have, I I appreciate, like I said, I appreciate the entire concept. Like, I really like that they gave him his own backstory. I like that they tied it into the empire and the, you know, rebellion struggle and that they have, you know, they kind of gave him like his own uh, Serenity Valley moment. And he's like, here's this crazy thing that happened to me. And 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 nobody cares about that. And he just shoots him dead point blank. It's like, okay, (laughs) that's cool. That's really, really cool. I just don't care right now because sure. Grogu is on a ship somewhere and we have one episode left to go get him, save him, kill the bad guy and make sure everything is okay. I and get like, that. And I guess this next episode is going to be an hour and 20 minutes long, which I'd be okay with. I'm just, it's like, uh, it seems like a weird choice to put in, you know, what is good and what is bad right before we have the final good versus bad fight. I I, I understand that they did it for that reason. I just I'm pretty sure it in a clumsy way. I'm pretty sure it's going to be about an hour maybe a little over an hour. Um, yeah, if, but, but I also just like this episode to me was a little more heartfelt kind of, and it's only because Absolutely. they, they reference, you know, operation cinder, which is really cool to me. That was battlefront two storyline. Um, Emperor Palpatine has a message that he sends off to his whatever captains. And he's like, operation cinder is in effect and like right and then they they do all their crazy shit with that and i i thought that was just a really cool reference and seeing how much it affected you know and and how bill burr was part of that was was cool to me just because well and like like uh, i've said before on on this particular series like i really like that they're taking the time to mine some of that content that they were like 
hey, none of this content is official anymore, but we'll pick and choose and kind of reshape and make it, you know, how how that how it work. And I, you know, I'm glad they're doing that. And like I said, mostly I really liked the episode. Like right from the start, when they go to the the Sakar planet and they're just the junk trash everywhere. Planet. Yeah, yeah, and you see the. I do want to point out their own walkers now, like the rebel walkers. Yeah. Uh, like wrecking wreckosauruses in the background. That was pretty. Yeah. Cool. Um, I do want to point out how like they kind of ruined that whole screen behind the set thing because watching that when they're panning down into where Bilber is working, you're like, Oh my God, there's the set and there's the screen. Yep. Like, ah, yep. they, they ruined it. Cause you can, you and can clearly see things now that, right. You know, I mean, it's not like and it's ruined because it's still really cool, but I'm just like, Ugh. it's not, but it, it does mess a tiny little bit with your immersion, like as a Trekkie. It takes right? you out like, of it. It takes you out of it for sure. Right. We get upset when we can see the zippers on the uniforms, right? So it's like, <laughs> I, I totally understand what you're talking about. Like, I totally get it. It's it's 100% understandable. Um, oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, no, I always forget good. what kind of pain you guys have gone through. <laughs> we have gone through the ultimate, well, maybe not the ultimate pain. I don't want to be over dramatic, but like it, it has happened before. Um, yeah, I just I like seeing that the rebels had walkers. Um, <clears throat> I really, really liked seeing um, Batman all cleaned off and like, you know, tidied up and looking slick. Like this is my brand new armor. I just fixed it up. Like he was. I mean, he looked like a brand new toy right out of the Kenner plastic, man. Dude, I, and I I paused it for a second because I was like, oh, oh. And I had to, you know, his his little lights right. on the chest. Like you can kind of see it on our on our stream right now. You see his brand new armor right there. How it's just right, all like in his little insignia. Yeah, yeah, I do want to like. I do want to ask, how did he do that in such a small period of time? That armor looks brand new. Does he just have a um, buffer on his ship? It's. I mean, maybe they rubbed called... the backstar against each other. <laughs> I think I was gonna say. Cause like they just Mando hugged really a, hard, dude. Mando got shot like a hundred and twenty-seven times in the last episode, and he doesn't have any blast marks or anything. So I'm That's thinking, true. what it is, is like Beskar is just like really good Teflon, right? Like you just, as soon as you get a blaster, you just oh, wipe that off. All right, we're good. Okay. He could he could have painted it too. It could just be I extra paint what it that is. he put on there. So here's yeah, my yeah. thing, right? Clearly the they have some paint. kind of well, and they have some kind of like polymer paint that is included, like additional material for the parts that were scratched away and stuff right like it's future space paint sorry right. far right. in the past space paint um, <laughs> but i did think that like when when Bert, when mayfield walks up to the ship and he sees both of them in one place he should have like at that point he should have gotten uh no I'm, I'm gonna go back to jail like uh, <laughs> i'll see you guys there i'm going back to jail I don't, I don't think so i don't think so and then yeah credits roll and you know i did like time, i did like I did like his little quip, you know, oh, I thought you were the other guy. Right. And then he walks out and then you're like, oh, but there he is. Oh, man. Um, and so and even before the credits, even before the, the theme song, I really loved seeing the inner workings of how uh, Slave One goes from horizontal to vertical, to, like where which, you're sitting in that. Also, by the I, way, I have in my notes. Um, let's see. Hang on. Where is it? Let's see. Uh, seeing the Slave One from the inside. Eat your heart out, Ricky. did you see yeah there was so many people in there it looks like they could have had four or five more people in there if they felt like it yeah um 
but I did I really liked I really really liked seeing them all on the same ship and then they you know they figure out what they got to do my favorite part was when like they finally you know okay we got to go to this explosive mining planet or whatever so Mando radios up to Jordy Lafette and he's like help <laughs> lay in a course for Morag warp six copy and, that I sir and then they you know so I thought that was really cool um I will point out that a couple scenes later, um, Boba Fett was also Data Fett. He was like, sir, I've scanned the planet and this is what I've been <laughs> yeah. able to learn. From. And the yeah. Long range sensors have just come online. And I was like, I'm really digging Boba Fett as every member of the crew on a bridge on a starship. <laughs> this is really cool. Um, I don't, I really uh. hope that this show now doesn't kill Boba Fett because I want to watch Boba Fett like captain of whatever ship he's on i don't care that's what i want to watch <laughs> yeah i know and i think that's why they'll kill him off because yeah. now they've brought him back and he's just yep. as badass as everybody expected him to be mm-hmm. and disney did not announce a solo boba fett series during their thing last night They're and gone. i mean oh look oh, man that was that was like 10 episodes that they did or 10 series that they announced yesterday you would think they would have that they would announce something what if uh what if the next season is just called the mandalorians with an s and it's Mm. both of them i'd be totally cool with that absolutely (laughs) i had a feeling you might would you say ricky that'd be pretty sweet i mean show that's that's what everybody wanted in the first place so (laughs) yeah and if Pedro Pascal's leaving, like it's rumored to eh, be. Not sure. Oh, here's here's that... the other thing I wrote down quickly before we move past this. Um, this is part, I think, of how I felt about the Bill Burr character, Josh. Yes. Mayfield just wants to be in a heist movie with a jovial crew of misfits. Like, <laughs> why is that his standard demeanor? Like, he just got out of jail and he's like, hey, heist movie lines. Am I right? And everybody's like, no, this is Star Wars. And he's like, oh, but heist movies. And they're like, no, this is Star Wars. And he's like, oh, okay, Star Trek? I can do Star Trek. And then he does Star Trek for like 40 minutes. Well, 29 minutes. Which, by the way, I I liked Bill Burr so much in this movie that I made a section for favorite Bill Burr quote of the show. Does anybody have one of those? No, that's a terrible segment. (laughs) I hope you don't have a drop for that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, do, I don't. I don't I remember don't. the exact quote, but the moment when he was talking to uh, our Mandalorian Din, oh, <clears throat> he was asking, he was saying, "There's a difference between taking, not taking your mask off, and not showing your face." Yep. Just kind of comparing those two things. I thought that was a very important moment for him. I had a same one in in that scene. As well, there was uh, Empire, New Republic, all the same. We're just invaders on their land. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I... If you really want to watch Star Trek Insurrection, then you should just do that. But <laughs> it, it, I, I, like I said, I loved it. I was really glad to see it in Star Wars. Just felt like a weird place to put it. Like in the, in the scope of what's left of the season and how much story I sort of demand to be told next week. Uh, well, <laughs> you know I think but... I think it's more 
foreshadowing for next season to be like Mandalorian is is going to be a little more humanitarian in the next season, you know, where he's he's more helping people. Yeah, well, he's the like Mandalorian. More... Yeah, he's like Mandalorianitarian. Sorry, <laughs> <give me> a <laughs> instead of instead of taking bounties, you know, he'll he'll help more people with oh, getting he'll... rid of the empire. Maybe maybe that would be him and him and Boba Fett causes. teaming up to yeah teaming up to get rid of the empire and yeah. chase them away. Where, but I don't know because. Oh, there's yeah. so many places they could go with this. There, it, yeah, unless, I mean, unless they kill Boba Fett in the next episode. In which case, they could still go the same number of places. Because that, sure. that does is end when characters establish canon. But um, sure. did, did anybody else think it was weird that the one fight scene that Cara Dune has in this, where she should be knocking Stormtrooper heads together like a cartoon, she doesn't? Like, Well, she, she pushes she them forward. Two guys... Yeah, but she's like smack. Like she, that was a classic knock your head. To, like that's the one time I would not have been upset with them doing it, and they didn't do it. Like maybe that was a sound effect. Yeah, yeah. Like or a like a, a Wilhelm scream or something. Like I just, <laughs> it was. Oh, speaking of, I really, really dug the Mad Max style skiff pulling up on the side, and that one alien just witness me to the side <laughs> of the juggernaut. That was awesome. Like yeah. anything that has some Mad Max in it, I am totally here for. It. That's just I operate on a very basic level with that stuff. Yeah, and that was that was very Mad Maxy piratey sort of thing. Like all we needed was a guy in the front playing some sort of cantina, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but media. Uh, yeah, where 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 are we at here? Where so uh, this is the Mad Max Fury Road podcast <sighs> from MPMT. Thank you joining us there's there's just there's there's still so much like i want to talk about boba fett like he has his gun again <laughs> i love what, what, what him. and they named it right if it said like cyclo rifle like he actually yeah. named it by by canonical toy name right <laughs> and and the the plan like even in my notes like before they even get attacked by the mad max people there was so much happening in that plan itself like Fennec mentioning, oh, she's wanted by the ISB. And Boba Fett making that amazing joke. Let's just say they might recognize my face. Like, right. dude's a clone. Yeah, of course right. they're going to recognize right. your face. Everybody knows what a clone looks like. Yep. So, like, it's a <laughs> fun clone just joke. One model, and it's, that's how it was. Yeah. And, um, and I, even if it wasn't a clone joke, <laughs> excuse me. <clears throat> It's more like his his mask too. Like he couldn't wear his mask because right. everybody knows Boba right. Fett's mask. Right, exactly. It was a it was a a double <laughs> entendre, if you will. Yeah. Um I I really liked the this is sort of jumping around, but that's how I roll. Um when they're in that truck full of bombs, which again, how many times? Empire, bad design on everything. Um when they had they had one continuous shot where he's leaning out the side looking at the skip and then he like goes inside to say keep driving and then he climbs up through the ladder to the top of the the vehicle and it's all one shot it follows him all the way through without any cuts oh yeah yeah very very cool shot i think yeah that's yeah well you know 
<laughs> uh, <laughs> I really, I really enjoyed that. Um, I did notice Mando on an NPC escort mission again this week. Um, this time that with meters that you have to watch and keep them inside of yeah, a range. So, <laughs> oh my god, he, Oh my god. So notes. <laughs> Total video game mission right here. Yep. First, it starts by making sure Rhydonium levels are okay. Then yep. it's the pirates. Then it's hand-to-hand -hand combat with the pirates because he runs out of ammo for some weird fucking reason. And then because it's the defusing Empire. the bombs. Then it's defusing the bombs. Yeah. but so And fighting the pirates at the same time. Like, just, you know, same sort well, of thing. This, I think I really appreciated... Um, the subtle lore in this episode, right? So, like, he puts on Imperial armor and immediately starts getting just wrecked by people with sticks. Like, yeah, it goes back to Ricky's point from a couple weeks ago. Like, they're literally, they up, it looks like they're buying plastic. Like, it, yeah. it has the same functional protection as plastic. So, like, he, it's like he took that first hit and was like, oh, no wonder these guys go down so easy. They're, they're wearing glass. Like, <laughs> why would the empire do this to their soldiers but then he gets back so and he sees them. the contrast where they're all like yeah man we care about you we're soldiers ah starship trooper style that and, was another thing yeah. like i i had said you know in the fight scene to me that whole mad max pirate thing was just a little bit lackluster i guess like it just kind of hard to disagree it's the it's the first I time guess... mandalorian has had stakes in a fight all season he doesn't have his weapons. He can't just kill everybody instantly with missiles. I guess, he can I guess take that's damage. True. He's kind of I guess, on even footing. He still takes maybe, like seven dudes. But and like, I guess the, the, the content of it and like what is happening in it is definitely respectable. I guess it was just more the choreography of it was very, very basic. You know what I, I mean? It, and But they did a great limited. job. They did a great job with the camera cuts and stuff, making it just look. It's like the. It's so like fluid the, and and you know amazing. I just like I just thought fight, it was a little meh. It, it's the same fight as the fight on the Matrix in the Matrix, the second one on the top of the trailer. Like, it's cool, but you're very you you put your characters in like a, a twenty by five hallway on wheels, so there's not much you can do choreography wise. But I think that was sort of the point of the whole scene, and arguably the episode and maybe even this the season of like you have a destination that you're hurtling toward you can't let anything stop you you can't let anything get in the way even if it puts you between a rock and a hard place or it threatens your way of life or your very existence right. like just keep you going just no matter fight, what like fight, fight. it's meant to be a straight line a linear thing a what's you know obstacle 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 it's meant to be that way and they even communicated it visually by giving you all those shots like straight down a row of trees or like here's the the road you know that kind of a thing like here's stuff off to the sides like it was this is a hallway of death like the whole show right now is a hallway of death and it leads to moff gideon and i'm just gonna say it evil grogu when they get there there's gonna be evil grogu i'm just gonna say it i don't care i thought that i don't i don't think i think it's gonna be drained half dead grogu yeah and that's gonna turn him evil because uh, you can only be abused so many times by the Empire before you become the Empire. Before you wreck the Empire? He's just going to... Which which is what the Empire you. wants, right? Because the I... Emperor is a Sith. Yeah, I hope so. What were you going to say, Ricky? I said that sounds really cute, showing up to a half-dead, half-drained 
Grogu. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, how are you doing? And he's like, wow. <laughs> and then Fennec, Fennec, for some reason, is like, oh, he's so cute. Like, that was the look that she gave Bill Burr. I don't right? like, what, what is up like, with everyone? Just, they just care so much about this kid. Like, yeah, she's like, Cara Dune goes, the kid is missing. And he's like, oh, the green kid. And Fennec looks at him like, did you see how cute it was? Like, yeah. <laughs> the green kid? Well, no, I mean, that's, that's an adorable little monster. Like, yes, that's who we're going to get. That's how he gets Cara Dune involved. Because she's like, yeah, I can't do that anymore. I'm a, I'm a Republic Marshal. And he's like, they got the kid. And she's like, what? She's um, like, no, I will pull some strings. <laughs> goes, no, thanks, Mando. I'm an actor now, or can't you tell? And he's like, no, I can't. <laughs> Sorry, I yeah, can't. But the same myself. thing. I can't. Same I can't thing. You get myself. you get Bill Burr involved, and well, I mean, Boba Fett and Fennec come along, and they're like, "Look, we'll help you get this kid because you gave me my armor back. We'll we'll help you out." Which I still might think that there's a little bit more involved there, maybe a little more sinister something going on with Boba Fett and Fennec. But that's a maybe. Um, but then, so, you know, and then they get Bill Burr and they're like, he, they have the child and he's like, oh, it's a little green guy. And he's like, shit, I'll, yeah, I'll help you for sure. (laughs) I think it's meant to be like, look, even for people like this, whose job is to murder. This thing is like just unholy levels of cute. (laughs) It doesn't matter if you have a heart or you're a robot or like you barely sentient it will inspire all those things so like right and and isn't that what makes moff gideon moff gus just so freaking evil because we give him huh? moff gregory like <laughs> he it, that's the thing though is like i also didn't like that he sort of looked scared like he should have been smirky and like come get me mando not like oh no he's in dad mode like he had this look on his face that like I might be scared, and I'm like I don't like this. The bad guy should not be scared, uh, especially not at Star Wars. Like that's the um, it, it yeah doesn't track for me. It <laughs> kind of, and you know we'll get more into this later, but it kind of to me with him shaking in his you know pissing in his pants a little bit. I feel like that is going to lead a little bit to uh, to Thrawn. But oh, he's not afraid of Mando, he's afraid of Thrawn. That makes better Mm -hmm. sense. See, Josh, that's the kind of explanation that I come to you for. Not like, what was Operation (laughs) Cinder? Because, like, spoiler alert, I don't care. Nobody cares. Yeah, no, I I get that. (laughs) Not in a mean way, in in like a there's no way I have time to care what that is if if I'm also going to be watching apparently like 14 Star Wars TV shows, which uh, again, another spoiler alert, I'm not going to do. Sure, and that's totally fine. It's totally and it's fine. and it's and I'm not complaining. It's it's the the thing for me is like, I think one of the things I really loved about Mando, especially last season, was like I didn't have to know anything about Star Wars. Like I, if I did, it would be cool, right? Because they would be like, oh, he's calling back to that thing, or oh, he's calling back to that thing. And then this season is a little bit more like, okay, I don't really feel like I needed to know who Ahsoka was. They did a fine job introducing her on her own. Um, Everybody knows who Boba Fett is, right? So I'm I'm fine with that. But it's like I don't, I I I better not have to watch Bad Batch and Rogue Squadron and like all these other shows to find out what's happening to Mando for some reason. No, 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 no. They they did announce um, that the only 
two connected shows to this that are, and it's not even connected necessarily. Um, but I mean, the one that's going to be connected is Ahsoka. Ahsoka. And that we, we talked about that long time ago about how that's coming in and whatever. But the other one that's, it's not necessarily connected, but it's in the same timeline slash universe as Mandalorian is the uh, Ranger thing. The Republic Rangers or some thing. Yeah. Uh, Rebel Cops. Who cares, man? We've been shown in this season that Rebel Cops suck. I don't want to watch a show about sucky rebel cop. Yeah, what is that? I don't called? I don't mean to sound super negative. Uh, Rangers because, like, of the really Republic. Yeah, but I don't mean to sound negative because I really like this episode. Like mostly really enjoyed this episode. So I apologize if I'm seeing overtly negative. Um oh no no no. no they did, did take the time to prove Mayfield's point, right? When he's like everybody's the same, it's just you know, who you're rooting for, this and that. And then they get right. back to they're almost to that base, and then they the Empire shows up with trumpets and saves the day with hero music. Like, that's not what the Empire does in Star Wars. And, and yeah, I and I have to show that if you're a trooper, that's how it would feel. It'd be like, right. hey man, way to go, way to do your duty, way to, you know, stick it to those rebel scum. You know, yay, way to go, uh, TIE fighters, right? Like, our boys in the air totally saved you. Like, dude, and that's in that way. In my notes, I'm like, I had very strange feelings about the Empire as they helped Mando and saluted him. Like, I respected the camaraderie. <laughs> you're, then, um, you're moth curious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, like, Bill Burr just sums it up perfectly where he's like, never thought you'd be happy to see the Empire, huh? And you're like, yeah, absolutely. You're and totally then has, correct. has, like, psychosis there. for three minutes and then kills somebody in the Empire. Like, <laughs> he's like, I'm so happy. Yeah, he, to wait, these are bad guys. Wait a he, minute. <laughs> he really lost his shit there at the end, which I was okay, okay with so because, I, because he was the there. That's what I want to praise Burr on, right? Like that whole conversation when he's sitting across from the guy, you know that he's going to shoot this dude at point blank range and walk the F out. Like, you know, that's coming the minute you meet that character. He's like, oh, yeah. Oh, hello. I am Corporal Evil. What can I get for you today? Who, by the way, you're like, oh, I wonder guy, if he's going to get shot. Uh, Valen Hess was played by Richard Brake, who was in Game of Thrones as the Night King. There you go. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's still got an ugly Wait. face. But, <laughs> yeah. I, anyways, the point remains, right? Like, obviously, yeah, yeah. evil guy, he's going to die. And even. With no tension, where I'm like, okay, this character's dead already. It was still a good scene. Like, Bird did the the micro expression thing and the facial expression mastery to me. I feel like he did a really good job. Yeah. Um, it was well, really I, cool to see Pedro Pascal do that for most of an episode, too. Um, yeah. Even though they sort of put him in, like, I, I don't know what kind of mode he was in. Like, he's in desperation was, mode right now. But like the whole time, I, I think you're right. Like the whole time his helmet was off, it was like he's in shock or something. Yeah, like just can't like grasp reality for some or something. You know, it was funny because the second time I watched it, like I watched it and then I watched it immediately after. I I liked this episode <laughs> a lot, but I watched it again and after he takes his helmet off, you just like the second time you're like, oh yeah, it makes sense. It's oh man, it's like. Anyone that sees my face is going to die. 
basically. Gotcha. You know, you've seen my face. I have to kill you now. You know, you, you know I, what you I know really like though. To kill you. I really, really appreciated that he did not hesitate. Like, mm-hmm. um, well, and that was uh, actually actually let's, let's, character in in the tactics for a second. In the Ricky, in the drive thing, Gilbert's character says everyone's got their lines they won't cross until things get messy, and that was exactly what happened. Which which was part of my problem with the with the Bilber character was like, do you have to actually have him say the plot right before it happens every single minute of this episode? Which again, I get it. There are kids watching; it's fine. Still a kid show, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> it it was just I don't know. I I agree with that. I. I, I really liked that when they got back, like when they're trying to get away from that character, he's like, hey, let's go file those TPS reports. And I was like, office space. Yeah. Ever. Like, yeah. that was that was beautiful. I was super happy about that. Um, and then that evil commanding officer actually, he's like, hey, let's go have a drink. And then he pours them a glass of what? Romulan ale. And I think <laughs> that that, I think because the Empire has it is why that is illegal. Oh my god. You're ridiculous. I, it's, it's blue alcohol, Josh. That's Romulan ale if I've ever seen it. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I just, did I did like that that whole scene though. Just I with... liked the scene and I but I liked that okay, so but to go back to Ricky's point from last week. Is the Mandalorian dumb? I feel <laughs> like we have to say yes at this point because he walked up to a facial scanner with his helmet on. Like, on purpose. <laughs> like he on purpose tried to scan his his helmet's face and was like, "Oh shit, it didn't work." I mean, like he he tried it, you know, like he gave it a shot. Like he gave it what, a good old college try for Why? sure. Like what? Am I... <laughs> and they should have done a, a version of it right in the like deleted scenes or something where he's they're giving you his inner his inner dialogue and he's like, "Could it be that easy?" There's no way. Oh my God, no way. <laughs> yeah, I just... So to Ricky's point, yeah, the Mandalorian, a little bit dumb. Um, but I did like that he, when that didn't yeah. work, and it was like, you have one second. He was like, oh shit, and just immediately took his helmet off. He didn't hesitate. He wasn't like, yeah. oh, what am I going to do? He was just like, okay, <laughs> taking it off. All right, I'll kill yeah. everybody in the room. Whatever I got to do. I don't care. Yeah, like, pretty much. Yeah. I think, like, I think I'm going to was... get this little kid back. And you're right. It illustrated the point that Bill Burr had had made. It was just like, we didn't need you to say that, Bill, because he was going to do it anyway. (laughs) Yeah, and that's not Bill Burr's fault, right? Like, that's not his fault at all. It's just, it was was dumb. Like, I I didn't like it. Well, I think this whole season has been leading up to him hanging out with his mask off. Like we, I think we talked yeah. about that at some point in time. Like, yeah. Bo-Katan showing up without a helmet, and Boba Fett showing up with you know without even any armor on, but still proving that he's a Mandalorian. And like, I think he's just and now with Bill Burr getting him to basically sacrifice his secret for the child. So like does he's, Bill he's Burr, really does Bill Burr go get the rest of his? crew from the last season and then show up miraculously to save everybody at the end of the next episode or no 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 he'll be in the next season next season be the next season that happens i'm gonna be mad i'm gonna be specifically mad at you i think 
Um, That's fine. That's fine. There's way <laughs> too many surprises to happen at the end of this season. Right. That Bill Burr, is, he's just not going to be a, a part of that. Like, I don't think this, I think you're right. Is, there's no time. Yeah. And this is season two of an already successful show that is about to like pop off, as they say. And they say I, I really, really think that they're going to just go ham in this last episode and be like, bam, surprise, bam, surprise, bam, surprise. Sebastian stayed right. here. Like I, I just, they're just gonna, to be like, you're going to watch this show for the next five years because we have that many seasons planned like this, especially because they're increasing their subscription price next year. Um, yeah. Which is not a which, joke. They're actually doing that. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's true, which is fine because they have a ton of content now and we're paying yeah. nothing for Disney, Hulu, and ESPN at the moment. So, plus, plus they're coming out with that new service uh, that's going international first, but I think coming to the states at some point. No, Star, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, that's like sort of meant to be the Disney Plus of other regions. Like it gives them stuff that we have access to. I don't believe it does anything for us, but I'm not 100 percent on that. Well, it's an um, adult. It's more of an adult streaming service for the content that Disney owns, like FX, Fox. Oh, then they like, should call that Disney X. Disney X. <laughs> <laughs> no, but. Just, uh, you know, <laughs> I, um, I just have this feeling that there's anyway, going to be so much happening in this last episode yeah. that just there's back not to gonna this, be enough time for bilber back to this tv show the mandalorian um yes i yes. really like that the whole time they're doing their mission um that boba fett is like literally laid back like he's actually literally just chilling on his back waiting for the call and then as soon as like, they <laughs> yeah. go he's like oh yeah. all right cool and then yeah. uh, i'll put my ship in stand-up mode and i'll come help <laughs> yep like just waiting for the call i really like no. that yeah, I uh, you're talking about missions right now, and I had kind of a like after they get past the pirates, I have in all capitals mission complete, and then next mission start retrieve Gideon's coordinates. It's a sneaking mission, God. Right. You know, I, I really do like sneaking missions, dialogue options. You do have yeah. to do the most uncanny things in sneaking missions, like hiding under a box. And reading your mini map <laughs> to avoid being seen by guards and crawling under tanks and using your codec to call Meryl uh, and taking off your mask. So just throwing all that yeah, out there. Those are it's, all very valid points. I think that's very, <laughs> points, very much so a sneaking mission in that last part. Um, but yeah, he uh, this is where, like I was saying, He's just as creepy as he is as uh, uh, just as creepy as an imperial officer as he is the night king because right. he was he was pretty pretty creepy as the night king. It's like he doesn't have uh, enough flesh. Like it, between like this part of his face and this part of his face, like they left out some guy, right? Yeah. Like he's like very yeah. I mean, he's, he's very Tarkin esque. I was going to say, he's pretty clearly in line to be the next moth before he right. just gets right. housed. But so, I, that was a satisfying kill. Like, they, when he shot him, not only did he shoot him, like, right in the chest, but the guy, like, it didn't, he didn't fly backwards, but, like, his chair went back, and he's dead AF. As he was done, yeah. Um, before that, though, and we did touch up on Operation Cinder. That is from Battlefront 2. That's a pretty cool callback if people that have played the story in Battlefront 2 
Um, you'll remember that as what Emperor Palpatine released. But I also really liked the um, emphasis on order. People want order and we will be there for them. And this is, I think, starting to turn into a bit of a prequel, a prequel to episode seven and the first I order. Dirty word. Yeah, I I get that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But it is kind of turning out to be that way. Like if the clone tanks in episode five or whatever um, were actually Snoke, like the mm-hmm. very beginning stages of Snoke, and then this guy talking about Smith. order, then this would absolutely be the beginning stages of the first order, which, you know, we could absolutely see Luke Skywalker coming at some point. We could see, you know, a, a young Princess Leia or something like that. But to yeah. further the point, not only is this a prequel to um, to the Episode 7 and First Order, but I, this is seriously this is so shaping up to be the um conclusion of the rebels characters like the more that i watch this the more that i just keep seeing the foreshadowing and the like you know we we talked about the picture from rebels um the last uh last season they're they're by a temple and they have the picture of baby of grogu and i mean Thrawn is absolutely. I've started the hashtag. Hashtag Thrawn is coming. I'm going to be promoting that all week long until. There's no way you're the first finale. person to, to put that up after no, that episode. I haven't seen anything else, but. Then do me. it. Hashtag Thrawn is coming. <laughs> so, anyway, he's coming, and which is going to bring I back. I don't believe Ezra. in Josh, but you should. <laughs> it's going to bring back I just Ezra. I realized how that it's sounded. Gonna, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's going to bring back Sabine. It might even bring back Harris and Nula from Rebels, and they could seriously have a conclusion of those characters between Mandalorian and Ahsoka, and even the the stupid Rebel Cop show. If Rebel Cops actually has Hera Syndulla in it, or Syndulla, whatever, however you pronounce her name, if she's in that as one of the like Republic cops, I'm down. If I get to see a live-action ghost ship on the screen with the little Phantom 2 flying around and Sabine and Hera and their little, you know, spawn or whatever, like, I'm so down with everything that. So, I don't know. I, I just, I think that all of these things, I think they've given John Favreau and Dave Filoni the keys. I think that the the call that they had yesterday with their investors that Disney had with their investors and all their announcements they had, I really think that they have given the keys to Favreau and Filoni to, to. make to this to make this more of a uh, a a wider story that is intertwined mm-hmm. in more uh, mat- material and content. A multi franchise super franchise. Exactly. Okay. I have a question, or I guess I have a thought to bring up. There is a lot of foreshadowing going on in The Mandalorian, a lot of teasers for what's coming up. Does that kind of put them into a corner for what has to happen in future episodes? Because I feel 
a little bit like we're getting into a place where like the final season of Game of Thrones, I was just waiting for everything to happen that I already knew had to happen. I knew this army had here. I knew these people had to move here. I knew these people were going to take the throne and you were just waiting for everything to happen. Is all this foreshadowing kind of putting us into a box? I think normally, yes. But considering Jon Favreau was the pioneer of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and had a lot of say in like story and stuff when it comes to that, obviously Kevin Feige was like the runner of that, the, the flagship person. But uh, Favreau just having like knowing how to direct stories, even when something is a little off, um, like think of all the continuity errors that the Marvel Cinematic Universe had up until what Avengers Endgame where they like fixed a bunch of shit. I, I mean, I think that they could put them in a box maybe, but these writers are very good at writing these kind of stories. And I don't think that they've only thought about, you know, season three and four. I think they've thought about the next 10 years of story and they have a clear path of, for, of things to follow. Well, and even if they don't have, you know, 10 years planned or whatever, it, it could be argued that they started with an in the box show on purpose, right? Like, sure. Uh, okay, we'll we'll go with this character and we'll put him in this timeline. So Ahsoka will be this old, Boba Fett will be at this point, and then you know this will be what's going on with the Empire, and we'll use that as a basis to introduce everybody to the Star Star Wars cinematic panoply of goods, right? So like you'll have ten shows that you could watch, and based on which parts of Mandalorian you feel like you really like, you might be able to pick out which other show you would like. Um, so if they are in a box, I think they probably wanted to be in that box because as a totally casual Star Wars fan, that's kind of the only box that's labeled Star Wars that I would open right now. And I think they probably know that. So if, if they're, if they are, they want to be, I don't really think that they are though, because it's such a, it, it, like Josh was saying, they've been, it seems like they've been given a level, level of creative control where they can go, okay, this story thread isn't gone, but I'm not going to tell it right now. We're going to tell this story thread, and we're going to tell these other things, and then we'll bring that character back, much as we've done in this other, you know, Disney-owned property that I have a lot of experience with. Well, I think the the first season as well did a good job of, like you said, it started in a box, and it was very much so in a box. And even if they didn't make a season two, it would have been fine. But Grogu got so popular. And like there was such a high demand because this show was so well made. And it's not just Grogu, the Mandalorian, Pedro Pascal does a great job. Quill was an amazing little Ugnot character. I loved IG 11 in the last uh, season. Like they have done a great job with not just the adorable character and getting the the masses that w- normally wouldn't watch a Star Wars involved in watching Star Wars, but they also have like good character development and depth and like have a lot of good callbacks for like the diehard Star Wars fans. And then even just like a casual Star Wars fan, you're like, Oh my God, that's a baby Yoda. That's really cool. What's going to happen here? You know? So it drew a lot of interest into that first season. And so that's why I'm saying like this season finale is going to 
open a box. It's going to open that box right. and, and it's just going to have a bunch of shit. Come well, out. And I'm, I'm no, like, I don't even know what you would call yourself. Like a Jedi librarian, like a, a, a Coruscant elitist. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> um, but like, isn't there Star also historian? Isn't there also time travel in Star Wars? We don't talk about that. But it is there, and it was invented by specifically Dave Filoni? We don't talk about that. Okay, so I'm right. All right. So there you go, Ricky. There is no box because (laughs) time doesn't exist. So (laughs) thanks, Dave. (laughs) No, they um, firmly and solidly destroyed that. Okay. And not even from that point of view, but like, I would be okay with it. Like, it's it's a it's a show about space magic, so like, I don't care. Like, yeah. And I think that's probably their their standard. It's, like, get out of not, the box, it's free card, even... right, Ricky? Like, well, it's space magic, so we don't care. It's something else yeah. now because we said it is. So, <laughs> it's not even ending either. Right. It's not even time travel, though. I mean that that episode was was super cool because it's just I think like I struck a nerve here. <laughs> no, I kind of did. I was like, no, no. Also, the force and magic is cool. And Josh was like, back to that thing I said I didn't want to talk about. Here's what I want to say about it. Like, <laughs> but it wasn't really time travel. It was just a I don't know. It was it's very Ezra just sort of like he didn't go back in time. He just sort of like looked back in time at first contact so to tell the Vulcans that Earth was ready to join the Federation. Well, it wasn't like he could choose where he went back in time. It was oh, that's the worst time travel. Then, yeah, they should like not had, use that. <laughs> once he found the opening to the world between worlds, there were just pathways like Mario Kart Rainbow Road pathways to different portals and like important times or something. I've, I don't I've know. Now it was, made it you was still very strange, but devalue anybody's like respect for star wars mythology now you're like oh no there's no time okay here's how they did it (laughs) (laughs) yeah my bad no you're good i wasn't trying to be a jerk i wanted to know about it specifically but they did get like they destroyed that way of doing it like there there was only one there was only one temple left that was able to access that and it was completely destroyed so it was whatever when the last jedi or when uh the return of the jedi came out or when uh empire strikes back came out there was only one jedi left too so like i could can't keep those movie names straight there was another come on now get the fuck out of here not at the start of the movie josh that doesn't happen in like the first 10 minutes like all right anyway back to the (laughs) mandalorian the what Oh, the Mandalorian TV show <laughs> about about yes. Um, I, I we really were talking like about this episode. <laughs> we were just talking about the, the the fact that this is kind of a prequel to the First Order, which I really right. enjoy. Um, but on their escape, I wanted to mention it was very Naboo esque, and I was half expecting them to pull out their grappling hooks to. <laughs> grapple up the side of the castle yeah. to get to the I top dug that though i could have dug that and i feel like boba fett actually did try spinning and it was a good trick like he turned <laughs> very hard to the left <laughs> and then dropped a That's like a good trick. mine like he he 
he like he like hang on and then did some very intense rotation of some kind and then dropped a, a mine and it was cool. Yeah, I do also love the fact that they have done nothing but give Boba Fett badass scenes. Like there, okay, here's he hasn't done anything sp- that's not sweet. Very small complaint. Okay. Boba Fett is like, okay, there's guys behind me. Hang on, I'm going to do something cool. And then he just sort of like blindly pulls the drop a thing lever. But he has his scouter down when he does it. So like, why didn't we get a shot where it's like the scouter is showing him rear view, right? Like, I think it's just supposed to be a Um, That's not good enough at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, That's what I assume. Just because I read the books and stuff. But like, I don't know, man. Boba Fett, the most advanced. <laughs> most it was cool. It was, like I said, super minor complaint. He drops that gravitic, like depth charge mine, and does that cool like base explosion. Yes, I really like. Um, that. Which God, where did I? Where did I say? Oh, that is yeah. That so. Anyways, Slave One in action. Words cannot describe. Is what I have in my note. <laughs> Every action scene that we have had of the Slave One has been great. Even them flying into the planet at the very mm-hmm. beginning of the episode with the noises of the Slave One just yeah, oh, chills every, every time. And again, the the whole them getting in the ship and it like rotating behind them and you really getting a good look at what the Slave One is and what it can do. And then remembering that, oh, yeah, he is his father's son. And he has those incredible concussion grenade things that I just... Is that... I they can't. were from they were from Django's ship, right? There's yeah, something that Django was using. Okay, because I, I try to remember where I heard the sound. And it was like, yeah. I specifically remember that. Very and I do like that, that scene, him going straight up, which was awesome. I just I love when the slave one is going straight up for some reason. I don't know what it is, just straight up. But <laughs> he uh, he's so like attacking the face of God. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just so cool, calm, and collected in that whole thing. How do you we know? got company. Oh yeah, and he's yeah, just he, he's... like. And he shifts it things around, very, and they have to like hang on to shit. And to me, he's like the original trilogy personified, right? Like he's yeah. a little bit of Luke Skywalker, a heavy dose of Han Solo. There's some Boba <laughs> Fett thrown into the mix. Like he's yeah. he's every cool thing about the original cool trilogy. Part of each, yeah, yeah. But then he, you know, you see you see the shot of him going straight up, and then. You see the opening of the bomb and it dropped down and like immediately I'm like, oh my God, I know what's about to happen. And I loved that scene in the theater with episode two. That was like the sound that it makes. And I, I, you know, Kylie was working. She was doing her work from home thing. And I was like, hey, uh, so I'm listening to this loud just in case like you you want to shut your door or something. And like it was loud and that was loud. And it was awesome. And it just took me back. So that just that whole nostalgic feeling and the way that it just tore those those TIE fighters apart 
And well, okay, so here's here's the, the way. Hang on, let me you. let me let me just, let me just finish. Let me just finish. <laughs> the way that it, the the way that the, the camera pans out and and the way that it looks, that is. Oh, I fucked that up so hard. It's my <laughs> shot of the show. It's Josh's shot of the show. Yes. Um, um, the thing that, that hits that you about that about that bomb, that weapon in particular, right, is that that shockwave is like instantaneous, and it yes. it happens a split second before the sound goes off. So it gives you that actual sense of seeing uh, the light before you hear the sound, right? Yeah. Very cool. And really there are two that. sounds that are like that in Star Wars. The one is from these bombs, and the other one is when Holdo goes through the Star Destroyer in Last Jedi, which yeah. still to this day is one of the coolest scenes in cinema, not just Star Wars, but like in the theaters, seeing that happen and seeing that in 3D was one of the most mind-blowing fucking scenes ever. And, the, and I loved it. The cinematography in that scene, like it's very quiet and somber and there's like white, you know, paneling and reflection everywhere. And it's just, it focuses in yeah. close on her, you know, and she has like that, just that resolve in her eyes. And then she's like, perhaps today is a good day to die. And you're like, <laughs> so down for this movie. Yeah. Um, I cannot, yeah. as you can tell, help myself. Um, but I, I agree <laughs> with you 100%. Like that, that bass chord on that freaking mine is, <laughs> like I said, it took me straight back to that prequel movie. I was like, where do I know that? I know that exact sound from somewhere. And it was very cool. Um, for me, yeah. the shot of the show, I think, is going to go back to the witness me moment with the alien pirates where he is like standing on the skiff. He sprays his teeth silver. He jumps on and Mando is like, oh, I'm going to have to go in one shot from here to here to here. Mm -hmm. And it was like it was just mm -hmm. a very cool, like, you know, gritty ground combat style shot. I thought I really like that. That was my shot of the show. Um <laughs> And Mayfeld's shot of the show was into that little tank on the back of that thing. So, yeah, uh, yeah Ricky, which shot of the show? No, no, no. We yeah. got to give Ricky his fair shake. Yes. Uh, what was the name of the evil Nazi Night King? Uh, where's my uh, Valen Hess? Valen Hess. Yeah. Uh, my shot of the show. I did it more like a screenshot, is what I'm thinking for shot of the show. But it would be him saying. Everyone thinks they want freedom, but really they want order. Yep, yep, there it is. That's the line right there. I dig it. And that... Oh. Those were our shots of the show! <laughs> there's, there's one more of those coming. I really hope that okay. next week, Josh, it's really difficult for you to pick your shot of the show. I'm sure next week is going to be a really difficult episode all together, which, speaking of that... Uh, we'll talk about it more at the end of the show, but I think we might want to do that show Saturday or Sunday. Instead of the night of? Yeah, we, we shall oh, see though. it's the finale and we'll have some. Yeah. finale. I'm going to watch it. I, I guess... might want to watch the whole season up to it again and see what kind of so, things I missed that, you know. What I'm hearing from you, Josh, is that if people want to hang out with us for the Mandalorian season two finale live, that they should probably follow Twist My Arm Podcast, Movement Podcast on Facebook. They should go to twistmyarmpodcast.com. They should shoot us a line and say, hey, I want to get in on that episode. Yes. They should probably do all that correct. stuff. Absolutely, yes. 
and again, we'll we'll promote that at the at the very end of the show for sure. There's still some things to talk about. I feel well, like. Well, I know there's this. some things to talk about. I just don't want anybody to go into the rest of this show not knowing where they already are. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good call. That's a good call. <laughs> yes, indeed. So let's so see. Where here's, here's a question. Here's a question uh, that I have. Oh, I did. I did, did want to say. Uh, in my notes, I do have Boba Fett gives no fucks and he will, he will wreck you. And then die. He's going to die. Yes. Um, here's the thing. Do you think all of this good and evil, two sides of the same coin, certain point of view stuff, it, it has to be setting up some kind of conflict. Like, Grogu is either evil now or like, I don't know, because like if it comes down to like, what if Mando didn't kill Gideon? I'd be like, I don't care. Like, that character is justifiably killable. I don't need an arc for the Mandalorian. I've already had his arc. His arc is, I'm a dad now, and that's my life. So yeah, I'm cool with that. Like, that's an arc I identify with. <laughs> but I just, it's one of those things where like, what are they setting up? Because when he gets there, it's gonna just have to be a huge corridors worth of blaster fights or several heretofore unseen Jedi may need to show up or Ahsoka needs to come back or Bo-Katan has to like either every character we know has to show up or Mando has to like solid snake his way in and then somehow one-on-one -on -one Gideon and then save the child I don't I there's too much left in this story to be one episode from the end. It's like when I saw The Last Jedi and they started killing people in the throne room, I was like, this is from like the end of the next movie. Why am I seeing this right now? And it was really cool and I well, got it. But like in, in this, it's like, I really have a really, really bad sinking feeling that we are not going to see the conclusion of this story until next season of Mandalorian. You know what's going to be sick though is so... How, how long do you think, and this is just me asking myself this, how long do I think it's been since Ahsoka Tano and Bo-Katan have actually spoke? How long has it been? I don't know what their history is. No, and, that, and that's what I'm thinking. Like, how long has it been? So, what, and, and this is my dream scenario for the finale that will kind of wrap things up, but also leave a little bit for season three. Um, Ahsoka and Bo-Katan met back up after Mando went and helped Ahsoka because Ahsoka was like, oh my god, Bo, I, I wonder what she's been up to. You know, and maybe I should go see what's up. And you you know that Ahsoka has some sort of tracking device on the ship. So what I would assume is now that the tracking device is gone, she's gone to Bo-Katan to see if she can help find the Slave One because of the Mandalorian. Like, because that would be wait, the connection wait, wait. that she knows. So with but with a tracking device on the Razor Crest, which, like you correctly stated, is now gone. Yes, yes. Ahsoka was able to figure out that he hooked up with Boba Fett. See, but that that would be because she would have gone to that planet or was already on her way to the planet to be like surprise. I'll take him and train him. Like I changed my mind. I'm going to take him and train him. And once she gets there, she sees the slave one fly off. Like one thing that that they but could do is she, why wouldn't she just hail them from like across the way and be like, USS slave one. This is Ahsoka. What up? 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I do think that she will come in with Bo-Katan somehow, some way. I don't have a way to explain it. This is just how I'm going there. Josh, why aren't you a television writer? I thought that's what we were doing here. Uh, no, see, but but this is like... I don't know. See, I just think that there's some way that she has met up with Bo-Katan, like whether it's whether it's there's a tracking device on the Razor Crest and it blew up and she needs to find a way to track them again or you know, whatever whatever it is, there's not let's say there's not a I tracking a, device. Fine. I have a lore question. What? Well, I have a, I have a lore question. So, right, that's what I was going to say. So like if um Mando is not force sensitive and he doesn't have any M count. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> can I guess the question boils down to can because we've seen force users affect the minds of non force users? Can they like use that to pinpoint the location of a non force user the way they could with a force user? Or is that a not yet explained thing that at some point in the next episode she'll go, I use the force? Or 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 did she see the the beacon go up from Grogu and then was like, okay, I'm gonna like use the force to connect with him a little bit and see how he does. And then she senses he's in danger. I it to me, I feel like I guess what I'm saying is I feel like we're rushing headlong into a problem that can only be, well, uh, good thing we had the force. I wouldn't be against that. It just feels like that might be where, you know, I, now that you say that, I think that the tracking device would be the beacon that Grogu sent out. That would be the tracking device. Mm -hmm. And I, maybe what Ahsoka did was send them on that test to see how Grogu would react. And she's like, okay. And because, because he was so stupid and kept touching that force field. She was like, (laughs) what is that? Like I keep, <laughs> I keep feeling an idiot in the force. What is it? What is it? Oh, you know yeah, what? You're... It's probably that guy with the kid. Idiot. Of course, yeah. it's that guy. He doesn't know how to be a dad. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody. And and you're right. Maybe she did sense that he was in danger, and they. I don't know. They needed to find a way to get Bando, and so she's got. I, I just I I think that Bo-Katan is going to show up. And then Ahsoka's gonna be there with her. Like, like right. there's gonna be a because scene where Bo-Katan start, comes in and starts blasting the dark troopers, and then yeah. you know, Bo-Katan gets in a little bit of trouble and Ahsoka drops down and Bo's like, you know what, what took you so get? long? Do you know what the introduction of Ahsoka into the fight will be? It'll hmm. be Gideon taking the dark saber, like he's gonna slash at somebody, and then the next shot will be the white and the black <laughs> lightsaber crossed in the middle of the screen. Yeah, and that's why they're talking about light and dark and good and evil and two. Yeah, so there you go, everybody. <laughs> Enjoy the Mandalorian next week. Next Grogu week, dies at the show. end. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've already got our shot of the show. <laughs> it's the lightsaber. Grogu dies at the end of next week's episode. Cara Dune picks up the helmet and becomes the next Mandalorian. Uh, it's the the squid alien guy from a couple episodes back. He actually shows up and becomes the new Grand Moff out of freaking nowhere. So I heard make Grogu sure you tune in. This burns like automatic gun thing. Grogu gets yeah, that. He does. And it shoots lightsabers. So it's like it, he's a force to be reckoned with at that point. 
Yeah, and Din just straight up kills himself. That's that's just what happens. He oh just, yeah, ritual seppuku because of the like, he failed in his quest. So yeah, yeah. No, I I it's do. Dark. It's a dark episode. I didn't expect. <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder how many characters they're going to bring into this episode, though. I mean, However you could bring in the killed. you could <laughs> you could bring in the armorer from the last episode, like yeah, or from the last season. To? She, I mean, she disappeared. She, I think she stated oh, at some point that she was trying to find a new home for Here's their the faction. That's the other thing. That's who's going to show up. I don't know how I forgot about that. There's still a bunch of Mandos out there. Like, yeah. The, the Mando uh, from like his clan, right? Like, there's a bunch of bounty hunting crazy Mandos out there somewhere. Yeah. I just. So maybe that's where Bill Burr is going. Nah, I feel like Bill Burr is going to go like work again he's gonna go try and find his old crew you know he's it was like you he's know going what? to, to a, go he's going to a show he's he's going to his own like space payphone on that planet and he's like putting in a couple Cause, credits because he just got like, out of hey jail. guys <laughs> yeah he's like hey guys i just got out and i need you to pick me up <laughs> he's he's standing in front of uh cantina he's going yo man i just need to get money for a speeder to get across town <laughs> and when we get there i know a guy that will give you credits to cover me for having yeah 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 do not lend now that I... guy credits it is a trap yeah <laughs> but there there are so many loose ends they need to one well, and not i guess not necessarily because the bo katan episode could have just been a one-off could have just been the here's your quest to she another quest Katie Sackhoff can't play that character for much longer, I wouldn't think. Like, but they also wouldn't bring that character in for just a one-off episode. I, I just don't see them doing that. They didn't do it with IG-11, and he... No, who Who's IG-11? Like, <laughs> I think we could make a pretty solid argument that Star Wars as a whole would benefit from only having certain characters in one episode, be that a movie episode or a TV episode. <laughs> Yes, okay, certain characters, but Bo-Katan is on a on the hunt for the dark saber. So already right there, she's gonna... there, Josh. I'm, and I'm not a saying lot. that there, that there aren't. I'm not right, and I'm not saying that there aren't. I'm just saying how many shows about a cool Mandalorian can there be? Or no, but... next next season it'll be the Mandalorians with an S and it'll be every character we've seen in armor up to this point featuring Cobb Vanth on backup. Right. That's also one thing that I forgot to mention is that Bo-Katan is on the hunt for the Darksaber. She knows yeah, that she, Gideon has it. so She should be on a collision course with them. Absolutely. If not a collision course, then you know Mandalorian is teaming up with her right now off screen mm. and getting getting her ready and so you know maybe that's where she shows up who knows either way Bo-Katan and Ahsoka are going to make another appearance in this last episode I have no doubts about that yeah I I, I think they have to like I said there's you can't just like if it's Cara Dune and Mando and Boba Fett not that those are not three very capable characters it's just like you can't go to a ship full of bad guys if one of them is has a dark saber and you know evil grogu to back him up like that's not it's not gonna work oh grogu's half droid that's uh called it he's half droid now 
Get out of here. They're going to droidify Grogu so that they can, to keep him alive, they're going to build a life support system into him like they do to Vader and like they started doing to Gideon, and then it's going to constantly drain him of blood. You're welcome, Robot Grogu. I'm sorry I had to ruin the last episode for you, Josh. Don't tell me that. That would suck. He's like, this sucks because it's so freaking possible. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell me that. No, I was sorry. I I was trying to go back. I I went back to my old notes um, of of the episode, episode three with Bo-Katan. And Mm. there was the reveal of her real plan. She needs the Darksaber. And goddamn, this is molding into what could be the best Star Wars story of all time ever. (laughs) I love going back to old notes. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, But she's going to show up there at some point. Like, she will be in this next episode. Hands down. I just and her crew's gonna die. Sorry, calling it. I think I think a lot of characters are getting set up to die because it, yeah. they're either getting set up to die or not be on TV anymore, right? Like, yeah, because at some point we don't need most of these characters. Like, I think Ricky and I sort of started feeling like maybe we don't need Bill Burr anyway. I think it was a good episode, <laughs> and it was a he had some great character moments. It just weird spot to put it for me again. I don't mean to reiterate the same point over and over, but. It, like you said, it feels like there's going to have to be so much that it'll have to be Jedi and Force and other characters. Like, there's going to need to be a ton of people to help. Like, well, it's, otherwise... it's not, but it's not going to conclude. And you know, it's not going right. to end on this next episode. This isn't, yep. this isn't the, the end. This is literally the beginning of yep. the Star Wars universe on Disney. Plus. I agree. This is, you know, their daredevil. Basically, the Mandalorian is the daredevil of the Star Wars universe where they're going to have all these other shows and then they all come back together and they have some sort of movie or something like that. So unfortunately, Mandalorian will be canceled right when it's getting really great and everyone wants it back and they'll say no. (laughs) Yeah, they treat it how they treat, you know, Daredevil. (laughs) And luckily, Daredevil's back with Marvel because he's making an appearance in Spider-Man 3. That's going to be super cool, but. That's crossing the streams, Josh. That's for another. Uh, that's for another top discussion, another day. Um, let's see. What do I have? Uh, the very last scene um, is something that just like I got giddy, man. It I was like posted about that on Facebook, dude. It's like, and I, you know, I really could have done without the recap of of everything at the beginning of this. Like, like did they have to show me? Gideon yeah. saying the line so that I would remember right. when like, Mando said the line. I'm yeah. Absolutely gonna remember it. Like yeah. come on. But and not if you're 12. I, I did skip that the second time, and I did notice I this is a fun fact of this episode. This is the first episode of The Mandalorian that did not feature one single scene of Grogu. Yep. Mm. Wow. He wasn't even that. in the recap. It so it is in the recap. If you skip the recap then there's oh, gotcha. not there's not a scene of Grogu. I never do. I love that announcer's voice. Last time on The Mandalorian. That's my favorite part of the whole show. Like, it's just every time. But yeah. I, I get where you're coming from. Um, uh, I also really like that if you hit skip intro, it just, like, moves the Mandalorian logo forward, like, three frames. Like, it doesn't <laughs> actually skip anything. Just yeah. like, eh, eh, okay, you're good. <laughs> right. 
Um, so what are the, what is the, oh yeah, this whole last scene where he's, where it's just, I, I was trying to figure out the best movie to compare this to where it's like the, the character was beat down, but he has gotten himself back up and this is his message to the boss that he's coming for him. You know, like mm-hmm. what? What movie out there has that? It's like Die Hard or something, where where he's like yippee ki yay, you know, in, into the is this thing. A bit? Are like, you leading to your answer? No, I'm not at all. Oh, I'm, I'm literally asking. trying to okay. think of it right so... now. Like, what is a movie that would be comparable to this? Because it gave me those feelings of like, I don't know, like like there should have been some Terminator music behind you because it's you know, um, dun, 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 like I thought it felt sort of like Liam Neeson's phone call. Yeah, you okay. My child. Okay. And I know sure. where you are. You know what I'm <laughs> capable of. Like yeah. I um it, it was a really beautiful parallel. I agree with you 100% that they sort of ruined the beauty of it by putting it in the recap. Um but to me that whole scene dude just classic Star Wars with a capital C, right? Yeah, like for sure. They talk through holograms, man. This is not your average movie about space in the seventies, right? Like, yeah, yeah, crazy stuff going on. This is really cool, and it was just—I mean, you could feel that they're like looking each other in the eye, even though they're not in the same room. You know, and right? It's just like he's like this effing dude has <laughs> such a quest on for me. Like, how do I get rid of this guy? Like. <laughs> He's got to be impossibly frustrated. Like, I hired Werner Herzog. That wasn't enough. I bribed a mechanic. The Empire Handbook says that should have been enough. I put a tracker on their ship. That should have been enough. The ship I is literally gone. Ship. That, I, how is that not enough? Like, yeah. Where, why, time, why is he coming? Yeah, every time I'm like, hey, back off, they blow up a base. Like, <laughs> this dude is the worst moth in the empire i'm just gonna say it there's no way unless the the work that he's doing on grogu must really be saving his bi-monthly valuation is all i will say well and all these all these failures are just seriously leading up to thrawn having his thanos moment i still like myself i still don't like what is the because thrawn is a swordsman right so he'll kill him with a sword like, no, because Thrawn is, uh, he's the greatest military strategist ever known to the Star Wars universe. Yes, laugh it up, fuzzball. I get it. It's funny. But no, like, as a kid that wanted more Star Wars content, and as someone that, like, even getting, gro- even growing up later on and reading those Thrawn books later on, like that dude was a badass and he knew what he was doing and he knew how to he knew every weakness that you had and every way to exploit that weakness possible and he was just the most badass imperial aside from the emperor like he was the emperor without being the emperor you know how the emperor had all of his intricate plans to get the clones and get the droids and the separatists and he like devised this whole thing like thrawn was 
that, but better. <laughs> I'm not going to make the political joke that I want to, but that's fine. That's I, fine. I will I... say, I will say, I'm cool with all of that. Like, I'm totally fine with with Bron being an excellent character with an excellent backstory that is well established and is meaningful and all of that stuff. I don't have any of that. So to me, he will be a blue dude on the screen, right? Uh, I get it. I know. And 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 not many people are as stoked as I am because like Thrawn is my shit, dude. And I'm not, (laughs) and I'm not begrudging you that at all. I'm just saying for me, it's like, to me, that character being introduced doesn't intrigue me in any way other than going, I wonder who that is. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, it, there's, it doesn't carry any weight for me and I think that's the problem that I'm having right now with the Star Wars TV universe right is that at some point they're going to try and all demand equal importance and I cannot possibly give them all equal importance like there's just no right. way that I'm going to be able to do it which, which is not a bad thing I just I think that this is part of that issue I think this is part of what contributes to that for me personally so here's something that I found really interesting today. Um, just with with Ahsoka name dropping Th- Thrawn and just kind of all this lead up, I, I found this very interesting because Timothy Zahn, the original author of mm-hmm. the Thrawn series, um, he's continued to write books about Thrawn, but it's more in the prequel era or early, no, it's in early stages of the Empire era where he's kind of a he's more of like moving up in the ranks in the empire it's not him coming back from his exile or whatever it was like in the in the later books in the later canon or the first books of thrawn it was he'd shown up 20 years after the empire had been destroyed and had no idea what happened and it wasn't it wasn't that long because there were still remnants of the empire around so it was like he he was gathering everyone together he was on like a mission far away. Yep. He was on a mission to to scope out the Yusen Vong to get their weaknesses because the Yusen Emperor. Vong. I didn't send Vong. You said Vong. Yeah, yeah. See, there you go. And Dude, that was punchy. It's it's late. It's like and that was not... that was from the, the thing. But anyway, back to my thing. Timothy Zahn posted today on Facebook. He said the release date for Thrawn Greater Good, which is uh, I think the third book in his latest trilogy uh it's been moved from may 4th star wars day to one week earlier april 27th don't think of this as a prelude to bouncing the book around the calendar like chaos rising was they they like move that release date around a lot for the book chaos rising this is a specific Um, move to coincide with the release of something else Rather, think of this as Thrawn arriving early to a significant time and place in order to properly scope things out. Yeah. So that they'll put it out, they'll announce something on Star Wars Day, and then in season three, he'll be there. Yep. Or <laughs> or it'll be like, you know, the, the Ahsoka season is one season long. It'll be like the Obi-Wan season, where it's one series miniseries and it's like ahsoka versus thrawn you feel like that's how they're pulling actors in now they're like we just want you to do one season we're going to give you 10 100 million billion dollars for one season, <laughs> and we'll just see if you like it okay i mean it's a it's a good it's a good 
business plan. Well, and then and then once that character it. sees, yeah, and then once they're like, oh, I'm a global phenomenon because I stood in a in front of an LED screen for forty hours last week. That's really cool. Yeah, I'll do another series. Like, yeah, ex- exactly. It's too sweet of a deal to pass up. You get to go to a soundstage that's safe and do whatever you want. Like right. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm so excited for the season finale. Not and I'm not even excited for any sort of finality to this show at all. I I'm excited for the non-closure we're gonna get. I'm excited for everything that this is about to open up. Like I'm excited to speculate about the future of Star Wars again. Like this, at the precipice. Like this this is everything that I've wanted from the sequel trilogy, you know, like force awakens was awesome. And I did so many predictions. I wrote a fucking 5,000 word essay on a prediction about how Poe and Ray were related. I was completely wrong in every prediction that I had in that essay, but I was so excited about it. And then last, you know, last year I came out, rise of Skywalker came out. I lost a little bit of interest. Um, you know, I, I liked those movies to a certain extent, even Rise of Skywalker wasn't up to. I just it didn't make me excited. You know, it just wasn't. Oh, it was bad. The best of movies, and so yeah. having having this now, I'm so excited to speculate again and right. to really like, dive into things like you, again. You feel like if you invest some time in the world again, you're not going to feel like an idiot for doing that in in two or three years dude and that is right there that is seriously a feeling that i've had for a minute like oh my god i've I've put so much time into this for for rise of skywalker are you this is what this is what how dare you rise of skywalker (laughs) me yeah like i have done so much (laughs) like i don't and then like let's not talk about that movie but i will say even as a casual fan, that movie had its moments. It, it did just with them, but just it had like its last moments. Jedi had its moments too. Like, right. yeah, I don't know. So, man. okay, Josh, is there anything else that you want to cover before we hand out some ratings for this episode? No, I, um, I think I covered my my special notes was the shot of the show and the first episode without Grogu. Those were my special notes. All right, so. I don't remember, I don't think we have an order, but like let uh, just for the sake of mixing it up a little bit, Ricky, what is your rating for this episode out of ten? And hua. I'm gonna go with about seven. This really wasn't my favorite episode. It wasn't as good as the past two. I got bored a little bit. I felt it was a little clunky. But I mean, how low can you really go for Mandalorian rating? I went pretty low on the the Cara Dune heist episode, but I think even that was like a five. I don't think I've given anything less than a five. So, uh, Mm -hmm. what what about you, Josh? Ricky said is sitting at a seven. Hmm. Um. God, you know, I I liked. Bill Burr, I liked his character. I liked his development. I liked his backstory. What and it's, it wasn't even it wasn't even a backstory, but imagining his backstory with just what he had said, you know, the references mm-hmm. he made. Um, 
Boba Fett's new armor was was really cool. Uh, it was a lot of fan service to me. It was a lot of, again, this whole season has been fan service for sure. Um, but but yeah. the Boba Fett armor, the slave one in action again, um, Cara Dune and Fennec having their way with their sniper rifles was excellent. <laughs> Just shooting people down like like no big deal. I, I would watch a season. Way. I would watch a season of those two together, hundred like on missions Dune and Fennec. on little sniper yep. sneaking missions. Like I was so down. Yep. Um. But all in all, man, I I think this is prob probably a seven as well. I'm gonna go with the seven as well. I was teetering on six and a half, six point five, seven. Yeah. I don't I don't like this. Like I was gonna say seven and now I'm tempted to just like no, you know what? This episode gets a three because but I'm not gonna do that. Um, Are we about I, to go I, lucky sevens? Because that's tight. I think seven is where it is. Like you it like you know, the last two episodes, I ranked those really high. Those were like a 9 out of 10 for me. And this did not approach that level of coolness, but it also was not nearly as bad as that stupid non-heist heist episode. So it's like, I think you have to give it a 7, because it's definitely better than a 6, right? Like, there was enough cool shit in this to pull it over a 6 for sure, but I don't know that there was anything just like so ugh, that I have to give it an 8. So I, I think we're jackpotting this one, you guys. That, and I think that's yeah. the first time that's ever happened. Like, well, it's fitting because it was episode seven. So, oh my god! And that was episode seven was your favorite Star Wars movie. So that's perfect. It's Wrong. Like, it's like Return of the Jedi was my favorite Star Wars movie, but whatever, dude. That's fine. Yeah, I know that. You know, I know. I that. will <laughs> die with that one. I don't know. So yeah, sevens yeah. across the board for episode seven. Also called. Of the Mandalorian. Of the Mandalorian, yes. <laughs> um, just a few little credits to go through because we didn't do it at the beginning. Uh, this was directed by Rick Famuia, who also did the Prisoner episode in Season 1. The music was by Ludwig Gorenson. This was written by Jon Favreau. This had Tamora Morrison as THE Boba Fett, Ming-Na Wen as Fennec, Bill Burr as Mayfeld, Gina Carano as Cara Dune, and Richard Brake as Valen Hess. Uh, they also had the kid from the first season village episode. There was a kid in that episode that was the child that made eye contact with Mando in the very cool uh, when they were in the juggernaut thing. So, just a couple little shoutouts there. Um, I want to thank everyone for watching, and for those of you that are listening, thank you for listening to this show. Um, we are the Movement Podcast. You can find us on all social medias just by searching for Twist My Arm. We're kind of under a, a network blanket. Things are changing in the network next month. There's a lot of things happening. Um, a lot of a lot of things coming on the pipeline that I'm excited. I know Jesse's excited as well. Be sure to look out for his new episode of Seasons Within coming out tomorrow. Uh, later today. It's now Saturday. So it yes, Saturday, sometime yes. today. Just watch your feed. You can watch it on twistmyarmpodcast.com. We're in there. We're coming at you tomorrow. So stay tuned for Seasons Within. And thank you for listening to that show. We're actually a little bit overwhelmed by how many responses we're getting on that. That means a lot to us. So thank you, guys. Yeah. And also... Be sure to check out the latest episode of Twist My Arm. We're talking to some local businesses from around Denver. And 
Nebraska. And this next week we have another episode with some more local businesses. So make sure to hashtag support local business in this trying time. Um, again, thank you guys so much for watching, for listening. I'm excited to do the season finale next week with as many guests as we can fit in some tiny screen. My name is Josh. My name is Jesse. And I also want to say thank you, Ricky. Yes. You're not Ricky. Yes. We are the Movement Podcast. We're going to be back at you next week. <laughs>